Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of Legends of Greyskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic and mythology of the man, Shira, Eternia, Ethereum, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Animals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that man, Shira, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that revelation right across our I'm Matthew Deutsch, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Uh, I, how many times have you watched it so far? Actually, all the <laughs> way through, only twice. Only twice? Okay. Only twice. I, it was a busier weekend than I anticipated. And we had grad parties and football kickoff parties and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I only made it through twice fully. You? Gotcha. Three. And I actually restarted uh, this afternoon based on some of the stuff we're going to talk about because I was like, did I remember this correctly? And I, I did more of a fast forward this time around than watch it straight through. Yeah. But yeah. I was, um, was going to do that too, but I never got to it. There were a couple things I wanted to, to go back over, but time is fleeting. Yeah. So exactly. here we are. But I got... Uh, the first time through... Okay, well, hang on. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Welcome, everybody, as always, to Legends of Grayskull. Uh, today, we are talking, in case you couldn't figure it out, this is all about Masters of the Universe Revelation, uh, available now on Netflix. If you Finally. If you haven't checked it out yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Pause this show and go do it. It's Five episodes, about 25 minutes a piece, so a couple-ish hours of your time, and you'll be all caught up and ready to talk with us. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into discussion today, I do want to say, uh, number one, thank you again to Casey Moulton. Uh, he sent both of us a set of He-Man and Skeletor from the new Masterverse line. Thank you very much, sir. That was awesome of you. I want to give you a shout-out on a published episode. Because, in case you don't know, if you're an audio-only listener, we did do a Merry Revelation Eve special the night before Revelation premiered. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were joined by some very special guests. We had Jesse Arnold of Offworld fame. Uh, We had Nate Barch, Danielle Galerta, Rob Bass, uh, David Clark, Skelly Vader, just a wonderful slew of guest hosts. We were all just talking about our hopes, our dreams, and all that for Revelation. Um, so if you if you haven't checked that out yet, that one is only on the YouTube. It was filmed live, but it's still there. You can go check that out. I recommend it before you listen to this. Um, so, Friday came. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Midnight Pacific is when the show premiered. That would be 3 a.m. your time, 2 a.m. my time. What time did you watch it? Probably around 
okay. uh, so the you, next morning. So you got I, done with Revelation Eve, tucked yeah. yourself in for the long July nap. <laughs> well, what I did was I actually stayed up till close to two. I want to say it was that even even going into two. Yeah. And I, I thought it over and I thought it over and I'm like, if I watch this before I watch it with my daughter, she's really not going to be happy with me tonight. Right. So, yeah, I around 2.15, I think, was when I finally hit the hit the sack and woke up. I, I barely had sleep. It felt like Christmas when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, like when I was a kid, I wanted to go to bed early because then hopefully I could sleep and just be done with everything and then have the next morning. And in this case, because of what we did, mm-hmm. I was up so late. Yep. Then I was like, well, maybe I could push it through all the way. And I'm like, I'll never survive Friday if I don't sleep. So, right. yeah. <laughs> and that that was that was me too. We got done with Revelation Eve. You know, I came out. My wife was already sound asleep, so I didn't want to go upstairs and wake her up. Um, and so I just crashed on the couch. I woke up throughout the night. I woke up at like three thirty in the morning. I'm like, and I did the same thing. I'm like, I sat there. I'm like, it's there. I can mm-hmm. watch it right now. And I almost <laughs> did. And then, yeah. but I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not awake, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I don't, I don't want my first time to be half asleep, you know, in the, in the, in mid morning. So Agreed. I'm like, I, I went back to bed, got up for work, did, well, I take that back. I got up, got showered. You know, I was upstairs getting dressed. I know guys it's getting hot in here. But bear with me. Uh, <laughs> so, and while I was getting ready for work, I had to turn on Netflix. I had to be like, is it there? It's kind of like the Christmas tree with Santa. Like, if you wake up and you don't see presents under the tree, you're like, you know, you got to go check it. Even if you can't open the presents yet because mom and dad aren't awake, you got to go check the tree. To sure. make sure yeah. it's all there, so that's how I was. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn it on, and and see if it's there. Sure, load up Netflix, select my user, and right across the front page, right on top, the big banner is Master Universe Revelation. Like this is their big thing, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god, Nate, beautiful Nate March artwork. Mm-hmm. Where's our print Netflix? <laughs> um, so and I, I the only thing I allowed myself to do before work is I I played it to see if there was an intro. I said I'm gonna hit play, I'm gonna see if there's an intro. If there if there's not, if it's just a show right away, I'm just gonna turn it off. And so I watched that that beautiful intro and then it went to Stridor's foot coming down and I turned it off. You know, and I was like, okay, it's there. I can play it. I'm great. Yep. Fast forward to get off work, get the kids. I don't know. We had stuff going on. Got the kids all settled. Got dinner. It's probably about 6 p.m. now. And I go to sit down in front of the TV. And nothing is working. I check my Comcast app. And there is an outage in my area. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, yeah, kidding? I remember. This is uh, you this, sent me the, this, like, are you kidding me, Comcast? <laughs> this is the only outage I have ever had. 
with since I've been with Comcast when it wasn't storming or you know what I mean? Like power didn't go out, nothing. It was just mm-hmm. Comcast internet. And I'm like, of all the days. But luckily I fin we finished we finished dinner and we got cleaned up and we got showers done and then by that time the internet was back up and it's like okay. Now that so it's probably about seven thirty by that time mm-hmm. when I finally got to sit down, watched it, watched it with the kids, my wife, every you know, everybody everybody was hyped for it. Now sure that was mainly because of me, I'm sure. But they all it was a whole family event. Everyone gathered around and we watched all five back to back, 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 back. Mm-hmm. Oh. So going from there, how about that intro? I, 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 first off, the minute that the, because I, I brought it up just recently on the show about the colors for Masters. Yeah. And I said about how that old, bo- the, the card art always drew me in. And what do they do? The first thing you see is a that Netflix. Is. Uh, and I'm like, brick. and the red brick and it's animated and yep. the blue background. And I, just, I, I sat there going, oh, you're, you're doing it. You're playing my song. And then, and then when you get into the, the actual like narrative intro. Yeah. And you have Liam Cunningham, who's the voice of yep. our man at arms for the Revelation series. And he's getting to, I, I like how they peppered in. Um, certain lines from the movie or oh, they, skewed them a little bit. The know, whole thing that. was riffing off the 87 movie yes. intro. The whole, that is where it came from. They tweaked some stuff so that wasn't a word for word, but it was it was in honor of. Mm-hmm. And and for me especially, I, I like seeing the art yeah. and seeing the art actually coming to life because they actually used it. It wasn't just, here's a static image. No, they're animating with it and all that. Uh, it's like man, like seeing the the classics Grayskull box art, yes, and the movement of the figures, and then you know they get they go to the you know and the only the only one who can stand between Skeletor and his minions are Prince Adam, and when he holds his power sword, yeah. you know he becomes and just watching that whole thing, I'm like, if this was how the intro was when I was a kid versus Adam doing it to the screen. I would have probably fallen over just like in shock going like, this is it. This is definitely it. You know, <laughs> it, was, I, it was beautifully done. <laughs> it, it was so unexpected too. Cause I hadn't heard anything about the intro. I'd heard rumors that there was going to be an intro, but I hadn't heard anything about it really. And the, the direction they took with using the old artwork, um, both surprised me and was just like, well, yeah, that's, that's perfect for what this mm-hmm. is. You know, it's mm-hmm. and I think that was kind of the point. It's showing you like, hey, this is and let's just let's just get it out of the way right away. This is, like we've been saying, a spiritual successor to the vintage era. And I thought that was the perfect way to kind of be like, hey, remember all I mean that we there was box art, there was classics box art, there was just those the posters that came with the magazines. There was a couple foreign ones in there. Like it was just this whole plethora of sources, and mm-hmm. and it it even had some some of the the actual revelation animation in there. You know, with the with the four others that shared this secret. It was Sorceress, mm-hmm. Man Arms, Orko, and they added Cringer in there. I like that Cringer got his own little nod there. Like, hey, don't forget about him. He's the He's mm-hmm. one of the original ones. So, um, 
it was kind of that perfect segue, like, hey guys, don't forget this is this this is the sequel to everything you grew up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big point to make, and I think it's still getting lost on some people. <clears throat> the biggest problem in my mind is that we got to remember, in, even if you exclude, which they had, they excluded anything that came after, you know, New Adventures, Mike Young Productions, all that's out the window. Like, this is, what was it, Halloween? They did a sequel that took place after two of the movies, but not any of the rest. Like, that's the idea of what this is. Um, but even then, even when you're just going with vintage sources, they're, they're going to have some stuff that doesn't line up. I mean, we talk about this all the time. There are vintage tales that don't match up with each other. There are mini comics that contradict each other. I mean, not even getting into the filmation versus mini comic versus anything else. And that's what we as fans have to remember going into this. It's like, there is no way to make a perfect sequel to that era because some of that just doesn't work with each other. So I'm just going to throw that out there again as we get into it. And I do want to mention right quick, I meant to say it a little earlier, but right now, but I'm just so excited and I'm tired of hiding it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. So I had a feeling that was the case. (laughs) Low hanging fruit. Um, right now, Sean and I are going to do our overview of the entire series. We are not going to hit everything we want to. We're not going to hit every moment in the series. But, coming soon, we will be posting our breakdown videos where we will dive deep into each episode. And we'll be releasing those uh, soon. So. Uh, just be prepared. So this is just our overview today. We're hitting general points, general thoughts and feelings. Coming soon, you're going to have five episodes of Legends of Grey School Goodness. That's all episode by episode. So, um, all right. Where do we want to start here, Shawnee? Give me a like. What's something you liked about this series? What's something I liked about the series? Um... I, I think. Our, here's the question: Are we doing like, love, hate story? Or are we doing like the likes are just, the just lo- like like stuff, or love? But or I want to start with some good stuff. Good stuff. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, all right, I'll, I'll I'll go with this to start off. Um, so when I showed my daughter the trailers for Revelation, yeah, she got the most kick out of Orco. And okay. she was actually really excited that they had him in the new sh- in the new show. And I'm like, well, there's no way they wouldn't, but right. I'm glad it makes her happy. Well, um, I had no idea that Orko was going to be my favorite part. Wow, that completely blew me away. Um, so, like love, Griffin Newman's Orko is. Yeah hands down for me, one of the greatest parts of this entire series. Um, and I, I, it's one of those, it's the underdog story. It's, yeah. it's very much like we've known him as a screw up. We've known him as just, you know, the childlike Orko for all these years. And even 2000 X, he, he felt he was a little older than the Orko uh, from filmation, yeah. in my opinion, at least. 
but it always had that, you know, he was bumbling, he, he messed up constantly. And, and here we have at the end of his days, Orko, all the magic getting drained out of Eternia. He's, he is magic. So there right. is that, like, he's dying. And, and it also, it, it got me in the feels for the, for the fact that man at arms of all people is caretaking him yeah. because they've always had a tumultuous relationship, but there they are. And he, he's, he's getting that water and, and it's mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the, um, magical water and he wants yep. to take it back because he knows that's going to save Orko. And we get into the whole thing of him talking about his old adventures and him, you know, like it got me when he, when he went, please, please, Tila, take me on one last adventure, you know? Yeah. And, and, and just that moment, I was like, wow. And then my daughter in that she turned around and she wanted to say something to me and she just looked and she just went back to the screen. And then later on when he did his big moment with Scareglow, which that for me is one of the absolute best moments of the whole series. She turned around again and she looked at me and turned away. And after the episode was over, she, she goes, I saw you crying. I go, how could I not? Like, Oh my God. They, they got him to be one of my absolute favorite parts. And I've never liked him until this series. (laughs) And I, I, I've professed many times. Yeah. Orca was just something that when filmation threw him at me, I was like, I don't give a crap about this. I want to see He-Man fighting villains and evil. And here we, here it is. The heart of the show for me was Orco go figure and how uh, the effect of him. No, he had, he had a great storyline. He had, um, he was animated wonderfully. He looked he looked alien and the Orca we love at the same time. Um, I really enjoyed it. The funny <laughs> the funny thing is, and this you've led right into another great point I wanted to make tonight. We as longtime fans need to understand that just because we liked something before doesn't mean we can't like something different and that they both can be valid. Because I know when when it gets to the part with him and Evil Lynn, where he's talking about his past and how he's a screw-up as a kid and everything else, like that is a complete variance from Filmation, where he was Orko the Great on Trala. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. He was ex- He was skilled. He was gifted. He excelled. And then when he came to Eternia, that's when things went sideways for him. Which I'll say is still my preferred storyline for Orko. But how they presented but they present here was an Orko who has always been the screw up. He's always been the underdog. His own parents were ashamed of him. Like he has always lived this life, you know, even even before coming to Eternia that he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And that that plays perfectly into the moment they set up where he does take on Scareglow and defeats him. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a great end to that orc arc. So it, it's vastly different, but I still loved every minute of it. I'm like, yeah, this is the Orco that Revelation needed to get here. You know, mm-hmm. and I think I think us as fans were too, we're always too worried that if we like something that we can't like something that contradicts that. Sure, we can. 
nothing's changing the orco that was already there. But this orco, uh, he's got some merits. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, obviously, that whole sequence ends with the death of Orko. For you audio listeners, I am doing quotation marks on death because, I mean, I love speculating. That's all I'm doing here. I have no insider information. But Orko was literally casting a portal spell trying to send Scareglow away. He said, be gone, Scareglow, in his spell. So, dead? Not dead? I think that's a little more up in the air than than some would like to admit. What do you think, Sean? Well, Is Orko done I, I First off, I don't think so. Second off, I did listen to Fat Man Beyond this past weekend, especially. That was a must-listen because of Revelation. And... He, he Kevin Smith was more than willing to throw a couple spoilers out there, not in like specifics, but in but in the fact <laughs> that he could I tell. That. I do. I anybody that does that drives me up the wall. It's one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves, other than uh, Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Um, <laughs> that song. Um, so Christmas time. He Stay- he dropped some knowledge on people. If you enjoyed it, it I'd say I, instead of me getting into it, go watch what he had to say, and we'll leave it at that. So then that way I could save myself from hearing Matt do his la 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 things versus worrying about his spoiler phobia. <laughs> I I will say, uh, well, let's go there. Because mm-hmm. obviously we saw both the trailers, mm-hmm. we you know we we were pretty deep in. We I, I watched that scene that popped up a few days before where they're on the boat and everything else. Do you feel that you you were in too deep and you kind of knew what was going to happen, or do you feel that there were enough surprises on the way to still? Uh, uh, to still enjoy it. Um, I'd say I, there were plenty of surprises, and yeah. it, it was it was one of those shows where I didn't want to sit there and pick apart what it was. I I always did like a broad stroke, so yeah. maybe they'll do this or maybe they'll do yeah. that. Um, but what what got me, and and this bugged me by the end of it, and I'm not blaming. I'm actually not going to blame Netflix or, or uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith for this. I'm blaming Mattel for this. Why did you have to freaking release Skelegod when that would have been one of the most insane cliffhangers you could have left any Masters of the Universe fan on and then release Skelegod in Wave 3, maybe, where we had no idea this figure was going to come out? Because the minute that they threw that out there and then all yep. of a sudden the speculation of that... By the time we get to episode five, I was sitting there going, well, Skelegod's going to show up at some point because there's no freaking way they're going to do this show and have Skelegod be in part two. I, and right. when it happens, I'm just sitting there going, well, now I know where Skelegod shows up then. And that and, and then where it cut, it's like, why did they have to do that? They li- And I'm not a big spoiler phobe. I actually, right. I, I can go into spoilers at points. But even I was like, did you really need to do that right then? You know, did you really need that out a month before this thing hit? Right. Well, that's the thing. Really, wave one doesn't officially hit until August. 
So you still could have done Skelly God in wave one and been hit, have him pop up, you know, more like the faker, you know, like just shortly before, you know, or even day of. Um, that was one of the things that surprised me as it kept going on. I'm like, and I think that was the biggest thing in kind of the, our timeline of events based on the trailers is we all assumed that Skelly God was out before the show aired that he was going to be like, okay, Skeletor has to get the power like right away. I think mm. that was one of the biggest things that I was wrong about. But yeah, as it went on, it's like, I thought the same thing. I'm like, do we really not see Skelly God until part two? And then it's like, oh, right at the end. And I, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, why'd they release that figure so early? I mean, that was the mm. first figure you could find in easily yep. find. Yep. Um, and I, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I really, it it just it, I mean even if I'm not looking for spoilers I'm on enough pages right. about toys on Facebook that I was going to find that out somehow right. way in advance and like when you have that be your cliffhanger it's like okay yes we don't know what's going to happen in six through ten we right. don't know how the scale of God story is going to play out between him versus He Man and all this stuff although there is some insight into that on the Fat Man Beyond as well but <laughs> the thing is. That was such a game changer that you really do not need to have that figure out right now. That could have been a – because Wave 2, they just showed those off recently. And and they could have just had, okay, Skella God, he'll be the deluxe one for Wave 2. Wave 1 has Battle Cat. Be right. done with it, and then and then we get to see Skella God and all his glory in the show, yeah. and then we get to know the figures on his way, and that's – Okay, I think think you could have thrown Faker into that wave one to get that deluxe figure in wave one. Because I mean, from the second that trailer dropped, everyone's like, "Oh, that's Faker." I mean, we 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 watched it live premiere in Mm -hmm. within five minutes. We were like, "Faker's there!" So that Faker could have easily been the wave one deluxe, and everyone had been like, "Oh, okay." Like, I mean, that was, and then he shows up. He's the first character on screen in this show. So let's jump back. I got more to say about the end, but let's jump back a little <laughs> well, bit here. Let's. We got to get into your life. We got. We got to. We got to get in there. Well, I want to. I I wanted to get back to the beginning a little bit. Um, All right. The well, first up for spoilers. I I could have gone with a bit less. I I wish I had seen a bit less beforehand because other than a few key points, I kind of. I mean. I, I didn't feel like there were any huge surprises through, throughout it, except for, I mean, obviously Skelly God waiting until the end, but we already knew Skelly God was coming. Um, mm-hmm. The only other big thing I've got is the death of He-Man, uh, which happened right in the beginning. And I, I really thought I was correct in the fact that they would just kind of send him to another dimension or send him to the past or have him locked away somehow. I mm-hmm. did not think they would actually kill him off. Mm-hmm. And so that part... And, and the thing is, you don't even really find out that he is really dead until basically episode four when he shows up at the end. That's when it's like, oh, no, he in like episode five. It's like, oh, no, he really did die up until that point. I was still like, OK, he's somewhere. He's wait, you know, he's coming back, mm-hmm. which, of course, he did end up coming back. But 
don't know. I was just I was I was kind of shocked that they actually did kill him off and bring him back to life rather than just put him somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I as weird as this is going to sound, and I'm sure there's people out there that would that would be fine with maybe like. 12 episodes rather than five uh, as in like 12 instead of 10. Yeah. I kept feeling like this show almost deserved to have an episode leading up to the first episode. Yes. Even before the prequel comics, because it it did like you get into it so quickly. Yes. And you're, you're trying to go, okay, this isn't going to be exactly what I knew. But I, you know, if you're if you're interested in watching it, you're interested in at least going. But what are they going to do with this? Right. You're you're kind of accepting of a lot of stuff, or maybe you're there going, well, they wouldn't have done that or whatever. But there there were definitely to me there was a feeling of I felt it needed one episode more. Yes, we have a prequel comic book, but that isn't the same as having an episode before this leading into that because there were definitely. Like as a filmation, if you watch filmation, and and yeah. the thing is, some of the stuff that we reviewed in the last year of us doing this came in handy watching this, which amused yeah, the heck it. out of me. Um, and and even two thousand X because two thousand X we reviewed um, what is it the deep end? Yep. And that's the one where Skeletor realizes he shouldn't take over the castle. There's something in the castle that's the most important thing. Like as in well, no. He realizes Grayskull is the reason he should Grace go Bull, after it. Not, yeah, he needs to go after Grayskull, yeah. not the not the Eternals Palace. He exactly. Realize that Randor doesn't isn't the real power in Eternity. Yes, and and that played for me at least. It played into Skeletor doing his whole. I've realized it, this is what it's about versus what I thought it was all all these years. And today I'm going to come in and I'm going to rip Grayskull down right. stone by stone until I get the power source. And I was like, right. that fits into 2000X's thinking. And there's he, this and there's that. And he so. knew, Skeletor knew a lot at the beginning of this. You know, oh, he yeah. man, even He-Man's playing catch up to him as far mm-hmm. as what he knows. So I, I and I, I said it before, I think that the prequel comic needed to be done before yes. the start of this series. And I think I'm going to be proven right on that point. Because if you... Well, we reviewed issue one, so it's fair game in my opinion. But if you haven't read issue one, you probably should. But just based on how they were going through the forging of the Power Sword and the Oralax and, you know, all that, I, I think this whole comic's going to end up revealing how Skeletor got all this knowledge that he has mm. and leading us into it. That's my speculation just based on that first issue. And then this first episode where it's like Skeletor seems to know the cast castle gray school as well as the sorceress does. So that so, it's got me really excited to finish that comic series but that's going to be months after this show has already aired, which I, I think yeah. is more backwards in my opinion. But. So let me, let me ask you a question because you, you are more steeped in filmation than I remember at this point, but okay. first episode, I, I, I didn't, I, yeah, a revelation. I don't, okay. I, there weren't many glaring moments that really stuck out for me going, well, that's different. And, and now this is like a new, new way of viewing it or, or or the characters acting a little different than what you remember or whatever. The one moment that 
I, I was hung up on the most this weekend was the beginning when it's like, okay, you have Faker on yeah. Stridor and he's, he's got uh spike or and clawful on toe. Yep. And it's like, he's carrying them as prisoners to Grayskull. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that, like in, in the scheme of like how the, the preview went, it works in a, well, He-Man's a Strider. What's that all about? You know, and it gives you some questions. It gives you some speculation. But then I was like, well, why would he be bringing them to Grayskull anyway? Because Grayskull technically is not where, like, I'm I'm thinking 2000X in this way, I guess, because I know in 2000X there was, when when they would go to the castle, there yeah. was a prison in it, and they could put the villains in there. They 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 dealt with that multiple yeah. times on that show. And then uh, it's like, well, why would you put these guys in Grayskull? That doesn't make sense. So that should have been a warning sign, in my opinion. And then the sorceress coming out, the jawbridge lowering, and her coming out and meeting them right on the jawbridge. I was like, that doesn't seem right either. Because sorceress doesn't – like in filmation, she usually should be at the parapet. And maybe yep. she turned into Zor and fly or something like that. And and they did have Zor flies in and then all that. Yep. But they, it was very, very suspicious. And here she is just opening the door and everything's going on. And she even mentioned, oh, on Teela's big day, Skeletor's warriors are still not taking a rest or whatever. And I'm like, does none of this mean that? It's like, think a minute, sorceress. You should not be doing this. And then when all hell starts breaking loose, I, I really was sitting there going, why did you open the jawbridge? Like, am am I overthinking this, or how did you take that? I mean, it's 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 the Faker conceit. Like, you have to for Faker to be a threat, he's got to be a reasonable duplicate. Hmm. Um, and obviously, they're not going to spend twenty minutes on you know convincing the sorceress that the Faker is really He Man. You know, so it just to me, it's just one of those, uh, uh, just one of those cartoon things. Like it's, it's, it's a fantasy world. It's you just gotta, you just gotta go with it. Um, mm-hmm. I and if anything, you could say that because he used the shaping staff, that it was that because it had that magical boost to it from the shaping staff that you know that that helped everything. Like it mm-hmm. helped trick the sorceress. Um, but I do love I do love in that scene when Skeletor reveals that he's really Spikor and he's he's monologuing. He's like, "I Skeletor," and she just blasts him, and he goes, <laughs> "The Lord of Destruction." Yeah. <laughs> oh. no, it was it was a good. I like that. I like that. As soon as she saw it with Skeletor, she just starts blasting, and she mm-hmm. she doesn't let up. But obviously, you know, and then we find out Clawful's really evil Lynn and uh, Stridor's really Night Stalker and everything went south for the Sorceress, but she still held her own uh, Mm -hmm. and all that. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great opening scene intermixed with the Royal Pals and everything. Yeah, obviously it looks shady as all get out, especially when, you know, a character knows He-Man's secret. Um, but yeah, just one of those things we just got to roll with. So, 
I, I did, but on the second viewing, that's when I started questioning. And by the third one, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this at least because this is this is definitely making me feel like yeah. Sorceress was it was her first day on the job or it something. Also, like it did happen very quickly. I'll give her that. Like Skele, you know, Spike revealed himself to be Skeletor, and you know, and then basically right after that, He Man grabbed her and was like, it was like boom, boom, boom. I guess the yeah. only thing is, you know. Her lowering the drawbridge right off the bat, but you know, yeah, one one one, one bad day, right? The these are my questions, though, because like I said, yeah. there I I've heard of there there were some complaints about uh, Trala not looking like Trala and, and things completely the upside down rainbows not being upside down, and for me, I was like, I want to talk been? more about the sorceress than I'm worried about Trala at this point because that was a that was an illusion, at least. Yeah. That that didn't really bother well, me. And even Trala was portrayed very differently from appearance to appearance throughout the yeah. show. I mean, it got less and less uh, super fantastical as the series progressed. So, and yeah. that's, why, that's why I went back to at the beginning. It's like some of this stuff is just hard because there are already inconsistencies. So now, you know, you're moving into a new era. But what I I liked it right off the bat. It was kind of like okay, we are we are pushing it forward. You know, I I really like that. <clears throat> you know, they they took they took the central concept of what, and we've talked about it before. I know it's come up in other places. It's like what happens without He Man and Skeletor on Eternia. You know mm-hmm. what what happens then. And you know, New Adventures was going to do it, and second season that never got that never got made. Um, you know, Emiliano tackled it in his Homecoming comic, also based mm-hmm. kind of after the New Adventures era. Like it's been a thought through the fandom for years, and so it was nice to finally see a show go. Okay, well, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And to top it all off, you know. And not only do He-Man and Skeletor get taken out, but Adam never has that moment. He never has that moment to tell Tila how he really feels, who he really is. He never gets that moment with his dad. He never gets... And this is going... I, I should have looked up the, the episode number, but this has come up before in our discussions. It's like, I have always said there are two ways the secret comes out. Either, you know... Out of the desperation, he, Adam has to transform in front of his friends and family or else the universe is lost. Or out of his death. Like, one day, He-Man is going to die and someone will have to deliver the news to his loved mm-hmm. ones. And, my God, that scene where Man-Arms is back in the palace... And having to tell the king and queen that He-Man has died. And right away Marlena breaks down. And Randor's just being the king. And oh, you know, he he will be remembered in the halls of Returnia and all that. And then Marlena's just like, you idiot. Like, we've lost everything. Mm-hmm. And that, that scene gets me every time. That is, Between that and just the scene before when He-Man's actually getting blasted with the power of the universe... It's like, and Tila's looking over and sees them transform back into Adam and Cringer, and she she doesn't have any time to grieve. They have to go tell the 
parents and just like, oh my god, that scene. I thought that was mm-hmm. wonderfully done. Um, wonderfully done. Yeah, that one. I, for starters, me being the kind of person where the mini comics with the dual power sword deal, the fact that that finally came into play in a storyline yeah. automatically made me just get giddy. And then to see how that happens and the the fact that this is a consequence of something and it, it's been whole the whole time. It's not like we they yes. discredited that story. I like I like that. I like that. Because normally they go like, oh, we have to have Adam unite the two halves. I like yeah. that they put all that way in the past in the creation of the power sword. It's like, per- well done. Well yeah, done. Exactly. Exactly. And and uh, I know uh, listening to the commentary track that they have on YouTube, Kevin Smith was like, well, what would happen if he said it when he was He-Man? Yeah. Do the incantation again. And that was the result of, okay, well, then that's how it happens. The power is so strong that then it's like, boom, it breaks because he's calling upon it. Like, it's like right. supercharged, you know? And I, I got to admit, like, that moment, um, that moment actually had me, like, you know, catching my breath a few times because I, I loved watching it. First off, I loved how there was all this talking and dancing around Tila between him and the sorceress going over the plan. Yeah. And, and I like that where he's like, well, if I, if I call upon the power in this form, she's like, what "What do you mean this form? Yeah. And then, and then when he's doing it and then you have that cool shot of him, they just boom, it breaks. And there's the two in his hands. And he's still holding it, just trying to, channel yeah. all the power to save everybody exactly oh. and then and then you have teela getting blinded by all the energy and she looks over and battle cat turns into cringer right before her eyes yeah and then she sees adam and in there he is and he he does and that he moment where he just like looks around at her but what i love the most was um the fact that skeletor being wounded at this point and he looks yeah. up and the first word that i love this i love that He's just a boy. And he's like, he's got all the power and he's just a boy. And I'm like, I love, I've been waiting for that yeah. for years. And I, I even loved when we did the new adventures, right. uh, first like mini comic. comic. That's yeah. basically what they did. Yeah. And unfortunately that doesn't have as much cred, but now we got to see it in this way. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, my God. And that little moment where he's holding it up and Skeletor is trying to come for it. And he yep. looks behind, and there's Teela, and he has that little fleeting glance mm-hmm. right before it, boom. And it's like, yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> no. And the fact oh. and the fact that it, it was Adam, it was Adam that because if mm-hmm. he had lost control of those swords, it would everything was going to be gone. The, the mm-hmm. explosion from Skeletor releasing the power of the universe would decimate everything unless Adam channeled it into the swords and. Even getting the power knocked out of him, he still held on long enough that mm-hmm. it dissipated. Um, mm-hmm. it, I just, I couldn't believe they went there. I'm like, okay, and yeah, that was the biggest thing because when Skeletor is going for, it, I'm like, oh, here we go, here comes Skelegod. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that was the moment it was going to happen, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, no, that that's it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, where are we going now? And, yeah. You know, jumping down into, um, I mean, let's be honest. We've all heard a lot of talk over this past weekend. 
Um, what did you think about? I don't want to go too deep because we got the breakdown videos coming. But what did you think about kind of kind of just a general reaction by different characters? Uh, do you feel war that you know their reactions were warranted? They were too far. Like, what were your thinkings as that whole scene played out? Um, well, I personally, I like the fact that they had that moment before he turned into He-Man where Marlena looks and she's like, be careful, Adam, because yes. that that was such a great nod to Rainbow Warrior, which was, again, that was one we reviewed, and I never really took the time to watch it. Again, I'm sure yeah. I, had, I watched it as a kid, yeah. and then it's like, boy, did that play out in here. And, it, like... Well, I think it was also to to help clue in the audience that hadn't seen it, you know, what I yes, mean? Exactly. or didn't remember exactly. it. Because I've I've seen that already. There are people who are like, "Oh wow, when did Marlena know about the scene?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Back in the you know, there are people mad because they felt that that was shoehorned in. Oh, they made Marlena know it now, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, guys, check check the yeah. episodes. It it happened. So yeah, I, I think. Uh, like the way Randor found out was probably the most startling and chilling for me oh. because uh, like her doing the, we we've lost our son and she's in tears and it's like, what, what, you know, he, and, and it's like, you know, putting yourself in his shoes, finding this out in that moment. Yeah. And then the fact, you know, he, it, it is true though. Like he has that, you know, that's that's parental pride, Adam. One day I hope I'll know how it feels, you know, or whatever. When well, when he was addressing Adam earlier, those are and the here last, he is. Last it, exactly words he said to him. The last words he said to his son before he he lost them, and it's like, you know, as, as a parent, that moment hit me really hard. Like, oh my god, you know, like what would you do if you found out in a moment like this that your son yeah. is never going to come back to you again? And, yeah. um. And then, and then on top of that, you have the the it, it all it all just combines yeah. on top of this because you have Duncan admitting it, and then yeah. you have Orko and and Cringer with that silent like you can tell they knew and yeah. they didn't you know I I loved all of that actually I loved oh, all of that an amazing I, scene. I I the only the only one and I know a lot of people that I've heard over the weekend. They were doing the whole, well, now it's Tila doing the me, me, me thing. And I'm like, I don't look at it like that. But what I felt that it needed in that moment was like just a moment with her, like figuring that out on her own, maybe after the explosion and her being like, it was, you know, and her processing that. And then when we have that scene in the, the palace, I think that would have helped that moment a little more in her favor versus it being the way that a lot of people had been viewing it. But, um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Definitely the time there, because I mean, she found it out back at Grayskull. And so Mm -hmm. they still had to finish up there afterwards, come back. It's all just been stewing in her mind. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as knee jerk as it seems in the cuts there because she's had, She's had time to process it and get, you know, upset or not. I mean, here's the thing. No one ever knows how they're going to react in moments of great 
trauma until nope. it happens. I did not feel that any of the reactions were necessarily out of character. I think they all were the extremes of the actions. But that's just good storytelling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're raising the stakes. You're taking it to, sure. its, to its biggest possible conclusion. Um, I definitely see Randor taking out the most on Duncan. I mean, that just makes the most sense. If you found out that, uh, I mean, you go by any history, Duncan and Randor have known each other basically since childhood, maybe young adulthood at the latest. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's his top man at arms. He's, he's, you know, he's a friend. And then to find out, like, you kept this for me about my old, like, my son and you had this connection and the secret, and these lies, and now he's gone, and, you know, that, it's it's the ultimate betrayal, and that's why he went harder on him than he did on anybody else, because, like, out of anybody, you should have told me. Yeah. You know, because if Sean found out something about my daughter and didn't tell me, like, I'd be pissed. I'd be, sure. Know, out of anybody, you should have told me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Orko and Cringer aren't going to, but how could you know? Yeah. yeah. I I don't want to get too far ahead in the future, but I can't wait to see what happened to him and Marlena after this scene. So yeah. Like, where are we going with that? Because, again, same thing. It's like, okay, well, if my best friend didn't tell me, you know, you'd think my wife would have clued me in when she figured it out years ago, apparently. Like, I mean, there could be some good stuff coming. Oh, yeah. I, and that was something with how the story goes. I was like, I, it, the, the first five episodes to me were almost like a uh, class reunion for the bad guys. Yes. You got to see where they were five years in the future. And here's your reunion with everybody. But when you look at like the good guys, you only got Man at Arms, Orko, Cringer, Tila, and Roboto, really. And Andra, but Andra wasn't there for the initial stuff. No, so it's Andra- like, you know... Well, just because Andrew, Andrew, I thought was very well done in the fact that she was she was actually our our intro character in this series, mm-hmm. I thought, because she's yes. playing catch up. She's got to have it explained to her. Like her Grayskull even is just a myth. You know, mm-hmm. the Horde is a myth. Like all this stuff is just kind of like, oh, it's that stuff you hear about, but wherever she grew up, it never got directly affected by any of it. So. Yeah. You know, she's the one where she can be the audience going, wait, what about this? And then that gives these characters a reason to be monologuing about their backstories to let us know who they are in this timeline. Mm -hmm. But I thought she was a very well done character and a necessary addition to the series. Yeah. And I I think for me, though, it was like, okay, we left Randor and Marlena on that note. Yes, and you don't see them, and it's like I, in the back of my head, nope. I was like, in in this in the in the first five episodes, in particularly, there is no B plot. There is a, it's just it's the A plot of right. this is what we're doing. We're on this. We're on a journey to get the two power swords, reunite them, and hopefully everything goes back to normal again. Yep. And for me, at least, I was like, man, I I would have liked to see 
something where they went to what what is what is Randor doing now? What is Marlana doing now? Because that was such a, a wrenching moment in that in their family and all that. And and then but, on top of that, um, there was like an element of it would have been kind of nice to to have like at least something letting you know Adam is out there somewhere. And I know that was a storytelling thing they did because they didn't want you to know that. But there was a part of me going, well, it, it, you know, for those those people who were feeling yeah. the way they felt about the show with lack of He-Man and Adam, would have been kind of nice to have like at least episode three. He like blinks his eyes open and Vikor yes. standing over him or something. And he, he's he's like, you're so little, you know, or whatever. And they yeah. pick him up and, you know, and at least they're, and it or have to be like he feels like he's in danger because there's these warriors around him and he doesn't know what the deal is or whatever, yeah. you know. But that's just me being like, if I could have done more, I would have done the just like when Tila finds out about uh, Adam at Grayskull. I mean, even it, like you said, we we leave that moment; it cuts right to the palace. And for me, yeah. I was like, what if there was like this moment of her walking out of there, and and Duncan being there, going, "What happened? What happened?" And her being like, "Yeah, we lost him." And he's like, "Hey, man!" And she goes, "Adam." And he and have him go, no, you know, and it's like she's, you know, it's the whole thing of then she's like, I know what happened, and then she's like, you know, it's the whole, I don't want to talk to you anymore or whatever, and walking out, and then it leads to that scene, and it, it solidifies her stance. Then, in my opinion, but again, I, yeah, they have a time limit, twenty five minutes, and there is only so much you can do in there, and these are little moments that I feel they don't make it any different or better it's just it would have been nicer to have like here's a little buffer of 30 seconds to tell this little moment or whatever but on the whole it it, it, the the episodes did a good job of it went from here to here to here to here and there wasn't a whole lot of moments where you're sitting there going man i I don't i don't care about this i want to fast forward or something no i agree and i i think it was very intentional that we don't return to the Royal Palace. That this is, you know, because we are, you know, after that first episode, we are following Tila's band on her on their journey. Sure. And so I think that was very intentional. To, okay, she cut ties. We are not going to see what happens here now. Um, I think that's, and I, I, I have hoped that that's all coming on the back half, the, the back five. That okay now that Adam's back now we're gonna have the rectifying and everything you know and everything's gonna come mm-hmm. to a head there and I'm looking forward to that but I liked mm-hmm. how you know it started off with her and Andra and they're doing their thing and then you know they find you know Evil Lynn ends up thinking she's tricking Tila but Tila knows who it is and you know. And, and and really, I mean, you want to say it's the Tila show. I, I understand now after seeing the series where that narrative kind of came from, but it's still mm-hmm. completely false because Tila's only got one episode, and that's that second episode where it's her and Andra. They're figuring out what's going on, and they're getting sent on their quest by the Sorceress and Evil Lynn working together. And... After that, you know, you then you have a Man in Arms episode, then you have an Orco episode, and then you have a Roboto episode. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how anybody can look at this and not see that. Like, 
yes, we're following, like, you know, like I said, Andrew's our in, intro character. She's our eyes. And we're following Tila, but it's all about her realizing that there was a family here. Because that's what's shattered in the beginning for her. That this was, she doesn't feel like this was really a family. This was anything real because of all the lies. But now she's, she's coming to realize, no, this was. And all of these guys are willing to put down their lives because, to, to, to fix the world. The world is dying without the magic, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and even, even, and it was, it was Cringer to convince her to go on the test, to the quest. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, he's like, I knew Adam, you knew Adam, and I know Adam's at peace because he knows that you're here to lead the Royal Guard. You're here to, you know, you're here to fight the good fight even after he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, I, and then the rest of it is Tila going, well, you know, he left me here, but I really haven't stepped up. I've been doing my own thing. And I think that weighed heavily on Tila, where she's like, you know, I did not do what I should have done. I did not carry out my duty. I abandoned it. I walked away. And that's on her. And she's realizing that. And it all comes to a head once we get to, you know the afterlife and she joins back up with Adam in that scene where he's like he's like well why do you even need the power sword he's like we won it's over Mm -hmm. he's like we won didn't we Mm -hmm. and then it's like it's like you know it's that it's he and you can see it when we do finally join back up with Adam he's he's at peace he's like you know he mourns Orko because Orko had just allegedly died and but you know he's at peace he's like yeah this is hunt day we do this and we do that and he's vicor and wundar and you know Mm -hmm. and he's and he is he's just like the rest of them he's like i fought the good fight i saved the universe you guys are taking care of it in my absence i'm i'm at rest now i died and he's good with it but as soon as that glimmer of you know maybe it's not over you know, Adam's whole demeanor in, in Pretoria mm-hmm. changes. And now he's starting to get unwrestled. Now he's looking worried. Now he's more like he's he's pestering Tila. Because at first he doesn't even want to know anything about why they're here. He's just like, oh, yeah, you're here. You're not supposed to be. Like, let's get you out of here. And But then as it goes on, he's, he's like, oh, no. Like, I want to know what happened. What's going on? And Tila, mm-hmm. on her own part, she's trying to keep him in the dark. It's just... It's such a great dynamic, and we're going to get into it a lot more in our episode five breakdown. But God, just sitting there with the two of them, it's like th- this is gold. Just this chemistry mm-hmm. between the two, and the duty versus you know, like what he's already given up his life. What more do you want? He says that to her when they're arguing. Yeah. He's like, she's like, I couldn't even be mad at you. He's like, I died. Yeah. I literally <laughs> died. How can you know? But it, it's 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 so complicated and complex, and I just thought they did a really good job exploring what those kind of lies can do to people. Obviously, it was all Adam trying to keep the secret for a good reason, trying to keep them protected as much as possible. But at the end of the day, 
it's a part of himself that he never let her in on, and I, I just thought it was wonderfully well written throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I wish there was more between them other than the first and the last episode for that reason. Oh, for sure. Honestly. And and um, I gotta admit, like a lot of people, I'm sure, were like, "Who's Chris Wood?" And yeah. when when he stepped up to the plate to do this role. I actually was really impressed by what he brought to it because yep. he, he wasn't, he wasn't just playing it as, Oh, I'm being a hero. There's these little moments where he talks in certain ways in the, in the way he delivers lines and stuff where I'm like, there's, there's soul to this, Adam, there's soul to this he man. And it, it, it was really working for me. I think he's, as, as much as everybody likes John Irwin, which, you know, I'm never oh, going to say that anybody's wrong for that. I feel like him playing Adam trumped Irwin for me for, for the fact of what he brought to it emotionally, because yes, John Irwin, he didn't have to go to those areas very often on the, on the, no. the episodes. So it's like, this is a way more emotional journey than anything they really dealt with on the original show. But I, I really was impressed by this guy and, yeah. you know, like I, uh, his chemistry with Teal, like you said, I, I felt that that worked really nicely and it, it was fun just to see like uh, in the afterlife, one of the things that I liked and it seems to be a popular opinion is the whole, he chose his human form. He didn't choose He-Man. Yeah, he didn't. He chose, he, he powered down. He, yep. he wasn't the hero form and he's just Adam and there he is. He's like the little brother to all these huge guys in the preternity and all that. And it amused the heck out of me because it's like he's taking all the crap from them and they're they're dogging on him a bit yeah. and all that stuff. And he's just there like, <laughs> you know, they almost like tussling his hair because they just they are. find him amusing, you know? Yes, so. absolutely. And it was it was a great dynamic between them. But and the thing is, especially like during the hunt part and they're all like giving Adam grief, tussling his hair. Mm-hmm. And, oh, look how small he It's because he's so small. He's flea, flea man. man. You know? <laughs> but then... And that's like all like the boys club, right? Like they're all yeah. like, yeah, that's a, we're on the hunt. And, you know, Adam's the only one who chose his, his unpowered form. And, but when Grayskull's talking to Tila and they're just by themselves, you can tell the respect that Grayskull has for Adam. Mm-hmm. Even he can see, he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, we, and I'm 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 paraphrasing everything here, guys. I'm not quoting, but basically his whole thing is like, yeah, we chose to be our big, you know, powered up selves, but he's Adam, and like you could just hear that respect. Like he's like, you know, he he's he knows who he is, and mm-hmm. since long before the inception inception of Legends of Grayskull, but definitely since episode one. One of my biggest pet peeves is any time someone tries to be like, well, you know, Adam is not really He-Man. I think this definitively puts it there as He-Man is at his core Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman is Clark Kent. You know, all the, it's it's, you know... It's kind of the misconception is the superpower here. Everyone would be like, well, that's their true identity. It's like, no, you know what? In my heart, I'm always Adam. 
So, mm-hmm. and I, and that's exactly what they did here. And I was so <laughs> blown away by it. Cause it's just, it's on screen validation of what I've been saying for years. That at the end of the day, he is Adam. It doesn't matter how, what weapon he wields, how big he gets. He is Adam at heart. In earlier in the series, Tila has that great line about, yeah, he's got the, He-Man had the humor of a teenager that doesn't get out much. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, because that was, that was Adam shining through mm-hmm. there. And I loved all those, they do those flashbacks here and there to kind of keep He-Man in, in the mix. Tila remembering the better times. Um, those, those were fun. Every time they went back there, it was just like traditional, like, uh, you know, quips and fighting and everything else. And just like, you know, it really helped, even though they've said it from the beginning, it really helped you feel like, okay, this is, you know, this is a history. This is, we've done all of this. And now we're here. You know, mm-hmm. everyone one complained about Eternity War. They didn't do a good job establishing from the beginning that there was this whole long history beforehand. And now we're at the end of the universe. This one nailed it, in my opinion. They, with the flashbacks and everything else, and you really got just the, the writing and the characters, they really got to where you're like, okay. And that's why I'm good with, you know, I mean, luckily Adam came back, but I was good with He-Man dying in this. I was good with, you know, the Hall of Wisdom being exposed. I was good with all that because, to me, it, it is like, it's like, okay, this is that point in the era but all that stuff happened they had those battles they had the you know the 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 wins and everything but yeah this is a dark time mm-hmm. and you know th- but th- it's where we're at mm-hmm. yeah uh, honestly it, <laughs> i mean it, it's it, I, I guess uh, i'll put it this way too um with you talking about the darkness and all that, I will say if if there ever is another story where they try to kill off him, man, I'm gonna be like, I'm good, yeah, and walk away. They already did it in the Thundercats crossover, which that give or take yeah. it, your, your I didn't mileage think that. Vary that. I didn't think that was well done. I definitely prefer it here, but but here they did it again. And it's like, you can only kill Superman once for me to take notice. If you start right. doing it every month, it's going to turn into a, oh, again? Right. Okay, whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm really hoping this is the only time we get this kind of story. And, right. it, you know, it, will it be the definitive one? Who knows? Because we had Eternity War, and that kind of was like the end of all things in that, right. too, in a sense. And now we have this one, which is like a different take on the end of all things. But... um yeah, like, and on top of that, I know there was people that were not liking that the first episode of the the uh, Netflix after show was Kevin Smith doing the "Hey, we killed him off not once but twice, man!" You know, and he was all like gloating about it. And I know it was a joke; it wasn't meant to be like rubbing anything in people's faces. But it is that whole thing of you can't do this story ever again. So let's yeah. let's move on from here and tell something else next time. Hopefully, if there is season well, I, i'm not calling it season two when the next five hit i look at no, it as yeah, that's that's, it, that's its own thing so if they do season two which is right. like 10 more episodes or whatever let's move on from there and and go into something else and have he-man so not be somebody like this in, in this series 
so we killed him off not once but twice. What do you think the odds are that Adam is actually going to die from the wound inflicted to him at the end of episode five? Percentage wise. Less than 30% at this point. I mean, it, it, the, the thing is, like, and we don't know how the, the, the power works out because he, he does call upon the power of Grayskull again. Things get set into motion where it looks like, okay, everything's going to get back into place like a filmation episode again where it resets. Well, it did. It the, did, but the orb, then when... The, the orb comes back down. The, yeah. It seals back up. All the, all the greenery is revived. Sorceress powers back up, so I mean, we. I just want to throw it out there. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it 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 does take great pains to show that what he did worked. The magic is brought yeah. back and contained. Yeah, but then once once uh, Skeletor gets the sword, and then he, do, which I, I want to give props to Mark Hamill for this because. It, it it was first off he got to he got to be the Skeletor to actually do the incantation finally yeah. on any version other than the comic books which you know it's like when you have a vocal performance doing it and you know it's Skeletor it's like it's chilling to hear it and for me it was it was like I knew it was coming the minute he grabbed the sword but it's still like hearing it it's like it's almost the equivalent of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier where there's John Walker holding Cap's shield, right. and then he's using it to bludgeon somebody with it later yeah. in the and series versus the, you know, Cap would never have done it. He would have used it like a Frisbee against somebody probably right. or whatever, you know. So, you know, there is that that feeling of this is an unholy incantation of it versus it being the the noble one, which I feel Chris would actually, he went very noble and very earnest and. By the power of Grayskull. The way he did that, it was like, that's not quite it. But when, when Mark Hamill did, by the power of Grayskull, I was like, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> and I, it, it makes me wonder, because we didn't see much after that point other than here's the, the energy coming down, and then, boom, there's Skella got over top of Grayskull yeah. with that ending. No, it's, it's like, does, well, does it corrupt it is my question. Yeah. Does that corrupt everything that he just set in motion? Adam doing it and him setting things right, is that going to take everything back? Because now, obviously, he has the powers in Skeletor. And how does that work? That, that's definitely the episode six. They got to answer some of these things to, to start that episode. I don't think so for a couple of reasons. Number one, I do believe all the foliage is still green as he transforms. And number two, kind of the big thing was the uh, the red skies. You know, they do those ominous skies in mm-hmm. Masters. And but at the end of episode one, when the power is gone, the magic is gone from Eternia. They make a big deal about those weird Eternian skies that were used to disappear, and it's just like a generic night sky with bright stars. Mm-hmm. And the clouds come back when Adam starts his transformation, or yeah, his transformation, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're still there when Skelligod's doing his genie moment, you know. You yeah. Want three wishes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was 
that was a little more over the top than I needed it to be. I liked actually, it though. But... It felt it felt very <laughs> masters, but I I think there is a zero percent chance that they actually kill Adam off again. You know, because mm-hmm. then you'd have you'd have to bring him back again. Like, uh, well, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't even. Even my wife was a bit worried. She watched it with me. She was a bit worried. She's like, I, I don't know. That looked like a pretty bad injury. I'm like, hey, we're on. A, if this was a military drama, I'd be worried. Um, but we're on a magical world, so it's gonna be. And the sorceress is back up to full power. Her and Duncan mm-hmm. are upstairs, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I, I feel that there's an easy enough ways to heal that. I mean, even when Skeletor got stabbed in episode one. Evil Lynn immediately went to start working on it, and Skeletor shoot her away, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is kind of that, it's it's that parallel. You know, episode one ended with Skeletor getting run through, and episode five ended with Adam getting run through. Um, mm-hmm. Have you checked out the uh, Master of the Universe Revelation official soundtrack by Mr. Bear McCreary yet? I actually have not had the chance to do that, and I've been wanting okay. to. Um, it's very nice. Actually, it comes out on CD on July 30th. Pre-orders are open on Amazon right now. Um, but it is available right now for download from... I know it's from iTunes, at least. I don't know if Google Music or anybody else has it, but I know you can get it on iTunes. And I was just listening to the preview parts of it, and um, a very nice full... I mean, obviously, his full instrumentals with no dialogue affects anything over it and i don't know about you but that music has been stuck in my head all weekend ever since i saw (laughs) that first episode it's i think it's the best music since filmation uh, hands down honestly it's it's very well done it feels it feels right for masters and there Mm -hmm. is just a hint of that filmation like they love those melodies, and that's mm-hmm. all this is, is these different melodies. But specifically, when you get a chance, check out um, check out the Adam transformation music versus the Skeletor transformation music. And it's like, for all of those high, heroic beats, and I'm not a music person, guys. I know there's probably a way better way to explain this. I don't have the vocabulary to do it. Um, maybe check out Jeremy DeWitt on Podcast of the Universe. He could probably do a really good job. But for all of Adam's, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like all those high heroic notes, like all of Skeletor's are like these low, like sneaky notes. Like it feels, listening to them back to back, I listen to he- he- Adam's and then Skeletor's, they feel like the musical opposites to each other. Hmm. Uh, nice. It's a it's a really neat thing that I didn't pick up on during the episode in either of the times I watched it, but listening to just the music on its own, it's like that is like the inverse of Adam's transformation. Like every you know, Adam's is full of hope, and they got either his theme or a similar theme. Basically, whenever anything's going good, it's got kind of that same like high note. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you feel good, and then this one is like all the opposite. It's like, oh no, some sinister stuff is going down right now. Sure. It, honestly, ever since we got to hear the uh, transformation with yep. Kevin talking over everything, 
<laughs> that has been in my head for months. Right. And when you when you see that whole transformation play out and you get to hear it the way it was intended to be heard. Yep. That is what's still in my head every day since watching that. I I, I I'll get it. And it's like again, I am. It's 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 got that Conan Basil Paladoris theme. It, it, like there's yeah. a, there's definitely it's a kinship there, which I like because I always thought his theme was pretty darn cool too. But then when you get into like some of those moments with like the awe inspiring, like when you're seeing all of the armor yeah. coming on to him and Cringer, and it's like yeah, you know, it's like there, it's like you, you hear it going oh, no, you know, I, you even have the chorus singing along with it. It's like man, that's great. And it works. I, I love the new transformation sequence. I thought it was really well done. It's kind of it's it's. It, it, it's it's the busy it's it's not as busy as Mike Young Productions, um, but it's it's more busy than filmation. But I I thought they just hit a sweet spot on it. I don't know the music and the effects and everything else. I you know you know the harness coming on and then the emblem like like <laughs> yeah like this is it really feels like it just being buffeted with all the power of the universe and he's just like yeah i got this let's do this mm. you know yeah then, yeah like even as it breaks for him to transform cringer he does like that like i don't know it's a whole thing and it's funny you mentioned the kevin smith thing because it was actually up until uh my second watch through you know kevin makes his noises all throughout there and there's that mm-hmm. point where you hear that, like, ooh, ooh, like, yeah. And I always thought that was Kevin. I thought he was that mashing was just... the figures together by that point. Yeah, right. It's not. It's Cringer. It's when mm-hmm. Cringer gets hit. That's Cringer's like, oh no. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I just, uh, I just realized that now. I'm like, wait, that's that's that noise that I I attributed to Kevin when we were listening to that reveal, but it wasn't at all. Same here. First listen at cringer so that was a neat yeah little that's I, I thought the same thing when the uh when the episode aired i'm like no kidding i, I was like wait a minute did kevin just put a little of himself into this no right. it actually is cringer that's pretty cool um yeah and honestly um no offense to cam clark but chris would knock knock i have the power out of the park for me like his by the power of Grace will still like question that. Like I, I still like John Irwin and even Cam Clark maybe a little bit more because he had that like there there it wasn't nearly as earnest. It had this like by the power of Grace, you know, when when Cam would do it at least, and right. and when when uh, Chris does it, it's almost like this solemn oath. And I'm like, I still need a little getting used to that one for yeah. me to be honest, but. His I have the power. It's like hell yeah! yeah. Like that was a mi- and 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 we had that ar- talk, uh, not argument, but that talk when it was going on about the. I don't think he's at. I don't think he's human yet. He sounds like he's still Adam. But when that moment hits, I love that he does this with the yeah, sword. He does it's it. Almost, yep. It's it's like a little homage to the I have the power bit. And when he goes, oh, I have the power, and it, it's like that's when his whole body's going right. into like power up mode and i'm like yeah it just it works it really it does. just does and, and and like when everything would like the armor it almost made me think of like uh back in the day there was like centurions the cartoon and even voltron and stuff where you just see 
<laughs> and you just have that like thing yeah. forming on them and, and parts coming together. And I was like, yeah, you know, it, it, it actually made me feel like a kid watching a cartoon again, going like, that's how that would have felt in the eighties if they would have done it that way. Yep. You know? No, I agree. And I, my only, my only regret about it is that we only got to see it once in five episodes, yes. but I really hope Netflix, anybody that's listening, I really hope that the last five will make up for that. <laughs> and, and I really, I really think they will. I, 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 I feel that while, like you said, this was all the villains arc. You know, this is this is how stuff gets bad. You mm-hmm. know, this is the Empire Strikes Back part of the show, and mm-hmm. I really think that back five are going to be the the Adam coming to his reckoning and in getting things right again. So, and I have faith that we will see He-Man just as much as we'll see Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is going to be, and I, I hope it's not going to be, uh, you know, He-Man finally shows back up in episode 10 to win the day. Like, I... I I think they're going to do us better than that. Mm-hmm. Batman Beyond. That's all I'll say. He did spill a little bit about it. So, yeah, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond? Um, or Fat Man Beyond? Fat Man Beyond. It's okay. still, I think it's called that still, right? Or whatever. I, thought, it's, it's the, the I just saw you said Batman Beyond. I'm like, yes, that was a great show. Terry McGinnis <laughs> is awesome. Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> F A T M A N B I. F A T. F A T. yeah, he, uh, he gets into it there. So I, I will I will say I got I, I have a couple complaints. I'll do my small one first. Um and that's honestly Merman's voice. I yeah. It wasn't a bad voice. And I don't even think they should have changed his voice. I just need a little bit of... Just give me a little underwater sound effects. A little little drink of water while he's saying the lines once in a while. It was just... Mm -hmm. It was too clear. I I could not get over that. Even on the second watch there, I'm like, nope. It's still not working for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he... Every when when we found out what the cast list was, mm-hmm. and then for like Kevin Conroy's could be Merman, I was like, why? Like I could have pictured him being any. I, I could have even pictured him as Skeletor, for instance. Yeah, if he would have done like a certain variation yeah. of Batman voice, maybe or something. And then when they're like Merman, I'm like, is he going to do something that's going to be out of left field? And then when I heard him, I'm like, no, it's Batman, but it's Merman, and. And and that that really did make me just go like and and granted I'm never going to say Kevin Conroy is not a good voice actor I'm never no. I'm not trying to say that at all but I was just like it, out of all the roles you pick that's who you picked for yeah. Merman <laughs> you know? like I said I kind of like his delivery of it because he went more like the ruler Merman like he's yeah like, you know the 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 Namor the the Aquaman the you know like. Mm-hmm. And I, I got he was going for like this like almost almost Shakespearean king type of thing. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Just give me some brewer in there. 
Like, all that. <laughs> <I> like- <laughs> but just. I just like to give me some. <laughs> that's what it needs. That's all it needs. It just needs that I'm a fish that just came up under from under the water. Like, I've still mm-hmm. got a little bit of salt water in my gills. That has always been a merman thing. He's always had that little bit of, of stereotypical merman type stuff. And it's like that, that was needed. The, the more I think about it, though, it, it's like I really – everything about this show – really was turned up to 11 when it came yeah. to trying to make it feel adult versus it being more comedic or yeah. maybe even silly in some ways. And Merman's voice for me, like it's a staple. You, you always had a like you yeah. said, but it's like their version of Merman in this was very much, he'd be the one to take out He-Man and take the, the chest harness from him. Like in the mini comics. Uh, and he's te- the one. It, technically, uh, He Man fell off his sky sled, and uh, Merman just happened to cross his body while he was unconscious. But, but you know what I mean. He'd be that version. Just He'd be just that saying. version. He'd be that version over the you know like oh would you like some water with your meal and all that because two thousand X for me was intolerable. I really didn't like that version of his voice. Yeah. And I know, I know the voice actor did other things. I was like, fine, but uh, his version made me just go like, oh, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to listen to that. Alan Oppenheimer in the 80s, definitely, like, that's Merman to me because there weren't many other variations. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, but this one was very much play it straight. Don't, don't have that blah, blah, blah thing going on. Just make it like, okay, he's, he's more cunning and devious and like even even Skeletor does that I formed an unholy alliance with Merman and all this stuff so it's like it's got that yeah. vibe of you know no, he made is them, a force to be reckoned with in this he's not just a henchman you know they made they made them equals they, they mm-hmm. made you know Skeletor's aligning with him instead of mm-hmm. just him serving Skeletor like I, said, I liked all that it just need and I say you have to go full you know Mike Young Productions Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, just a little. I think just a little bit of editing, audio effect on there, you know, maybe even a little, a little, just a little bit of echo. You know, I don't know. It just needed a little something to be like, dude, this is a fish talking. You know, mm-hmm. that that's that's about it. And then the the only other big thing I have is them using Preternia for their heaven when you know and, and to a slighter degree them using subternia for their hell but the subternia thing kind of let slide because that came about in mike young productions which we know mm-hmm. this is set before i thought they did a good job of integrating things like king grayskull and subternia and stuff like that i'm a little more forgiving on but preternia has always been referred to as the ancient Eternia, like the either the time of King Grayskull or Hero, depending on who you're getting. And so I felt it was unnecessarily confusing to also use it for for their afterlife, their Valhalla, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because in the comic that came out, the prequel comic, and this is my biggest thing, if the prequel comic hadn't done this, I might have been able to let it slide. 
<clears throat> but the prequel comic has He-Man going and visiting Preternia to find out about when the Orlax first came. So it's like we've used it both ways in one series, and I felt that just unnecessarily confusing. I think they should have come up with another name for the paradise that all the heroes wind up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if we're if we're doing like things that we weren't the most thrilled with, one of, one of the things that I wasn't the most thrilled with was the, and I feel bad saying this, but the the character designs of the villains in the fast forward bit. Really? Flash forward, but I I was not a fan. Like Merman, Merman was basically let's just take his armor off, and that's Merman. And I was like, he looked freaking awesome with his armor on in that flashback on the boat. And then you show me here's Merman. He's got a couple scars. He's lost an eye. Yeah. But there's no armor. And I'm like, I guess it works from like a okay, he can swim faster standpoint. He's more aerodynamic underwater or something. But I'm just like, uh, it just it, it literally reminded me of like when I had a figure and their their armor would break when I was a kid and I'd be stuck with here's the figure with no armor to differentiate them. And that's how he and Beastman both felt to me, which I loved powerhouses like vintage looking beast man and yeah. vintage looking bro. Those were amazing. And then we get the character designs for the new ones. And I'm just like, that's it. Like I, I felt like there was something missing in those translations. Well, um, eh, that was, that was definitely something where I'm like, it didn't, it didn't land the, it didn't stick the landing for me. See, I felt, I felt that was intentional because they are the ones who are on the outs with snake mountain. So it did feel like, yeah, they lost their armor and they have they don't have the means to replace it. Like mm. they are they are on the run because that's that's one of the big things. Like Triclops has taken over Snake Mountain. Very nice, I like that. He's always been one of my favorites to take over Snake Mountain in Skeletor's absence. And so it kind of felt like, yeah, these these guys are on the outskirts of the Evil Warriors and they don't have the resources anymore. Like, they are just living there because they're the same as Tila. That's why they joined up because they're both just kind of scavengers just roaming yeah. the land right now. Like, Evil Lynn can't even get that goblet out before she's chased out of Snake Mountain, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I want to see what happened there. Like, obviously, yeah. it came to a head, and you either side with Triclops or you side with Evil Lynn, and obviously, less sided with Evil Lynn, and they end up getting booted out of Snake Mountain. And now they're scrambling to survive. Mm. Like that that's that's how I took it as. Yeah, they literally are like clothes on our back, that's all we got. If something gets damaged, it's gone. You know, even yeah. kind of even kind of channeling that uh the concept art for the the eighty seven Masters movie. Like the live action movie where, you know, they're like, Yeah, you know, E Man's a warrior on the run, he picks up whatever he's got off the battlefield, you know. He's a mm-hmm. he's a scavenger. That's how I took that as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The the designs themselves for most of the... Like, I know everybody was poking at Tila about that, mm-hmm. but to me, I actually didn't mind her look at all. I thought no. it worked nicely as, here's this, like Absolutely. like you said, a scavenger, almost like a Tomb Raider character in, right. in Eternia over, you know, like, okay, when she looked the way that she looked in the beginning of yep. the series, 
yeah, she's working with the royal family and all this stuff. And now it's like she's she's doing the best she can to get by and doing yep. her thing and probably cobbling together an outfit based on, you know, whatever she can find at times two or whatever. But um, yeah, like it, it, the redesign of Duncan, I thought was good and all that. It, it just, yes, for it, me, it, it, all the had, villains just didn't land with me in, in that case. Even, even Triclops, Trapjaw, uh, Whiplash, I was like, all right. I, I think oh, again, Pope I'm, Clops, I'm not absolutely. Oh, I want to figure Pope Clops. <laughs> um, but but there is something when you see the their original designs, and and they're actually uh, yeah. powerhouse, and some of the people that worked on the show are now putting on Instagram or on Facebook. Here's here's the behind the scenes, like character detail design and all that. And when I see like Triclops, the original version, instead of the the newer one, I look at that and I go, man, I would have loved to seen at least an episode of him looking just like that again, instead of Pope Triclops, like you're talking about and stuff. There's, and I I get it. It's progressing the story, but there is like a man, when you see that original design of Triclops done by powerhouse, it's just, gorgeous and then when you see the new one it's like oh i wish we had the old one still for that episode but that's you know again progression and that's that for me being who i am Mm -hmm. and for me always saying i want to see something that that pushes the story in a new direction it's like that was my biggest thing where i was like i they're they're pushing in the direction and it's interesting to me but then when i see these new designs of the characters that's where i'm like in my direction, in my own headcanon, I would have just kept them looking similar and not doing the overhauls like some of these are because I still like those old designs. Right. But yeah, you got to, you know, it, it's like I'm not in charge of it. I'm not going to sit there and tell them what to do. But it, it just, yeah. Like, and, and the one for me that was uh, Triclops, obviously, Beastman was one. And I, I, I kind of miss seeing Trapjaw. Because he's covered by all those robes now. And I'm like, part of what makes him all awesome is he's so Frankenstein looking, you right. know, like Frankenstein's monster. And and they even went there with the whole the saw coming back on his oh, face. Yeah. I'm like, there you you got another thing that made And then he's got the scar insane. and the dead eye yeah, after that. Oh, exactly. God, exactly. And, and it's like I wanted to see that with the traditional version where he's still got, you know, you could see all the armor and the, the arm with the robotics and all that and the steampunkness of it. But yeah, maybe after um, Skeletor comes back and he takes back over and the Colts disbanded. I mean, you never know. That's the thing. It's not. You like, never know. Uh, it's not like <laughs> they can't. They can't go back to a more traditional. But you know, I liked it when I when I first saw Orko. I'm like, because they it, actually they showed that new Orko long before they showed the classic Orko, and mm-hmm. I I thought I'm like, man, he look he looks dirty. He looks grimy. He look like he just looks. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, he's supposed to. Like, that's the same mm-hmm. thing. Man-at-arms, when he's in the tent, and he's got all his cloaks and everything off. His shirt is all patched up, and it's got mm-hmm. it's got stitches on it and everything. And it's like, no, all these guys are all the outliers. They're the ones mm-hmm. who, in this new world order, have not found their place, you know. And, and now they're all joining together. And that, I think that's very much intentional. I think a lot of thought went into where you take these redesigns. So, mm-hmm. uh, digging it. I can't wait to see more. I think, I can't wait to see what they do with Adam in the next five. 
I think he's going to have some serious upgrades. Just speculation. <laughs> well, uh, we we have to touch upon this because we haven't even brought this up yet. But let's touch it. Uh, let's let's do it. So, how Both cool hands. was it? Both hands. How cool was it to finally get Scareglow in animated form? Oh, absolutely spectacular! I actually, I actually <laughs> really dug what they did with him. I liked how they kind of made him this otherworldly presence. Um, and it even added more weight to the comic scene where Grayskull goes to him for the ore to make the uh, the dark half of the power sword so, you know, he can defeat the Orlax. Because even though it didn't go into it in the comic, it was just a single panel, mm-hmm. you know Grayskull went through the same thing Tila did. He yep. had to face his fear and survive in order to get that ore from Scareglow because that's his thing. No, I mm-hmm. really liked it. I, I, I really liked his whole kind of concept and everything. Um, and my guess for him is, like I said, Orko was trying to banish him when they were escaping, so it still leaves the door open, depending on where Orko sent him, that he could now come back and actually serve under Skeletor. Like, if Orko sent them even to the surface of Eternia, and now Scareglow's weakened by being out in the sun, so he joins up with Skeletor to try and get back to Subternia, like, he could still fulfill that vintage role um, mm-hmm. even after even after everything that's happened here. But I, I loved his little mind games and everything. Uh, the power of fear, it was great. Well, also, we had that talk when we did the Power of Fear comic mm-hmm. book. Where we were like, uh, you could see they're acting out their fear right. in the one panel. And we were like, oh, that's a little different than maybe the way we would have thought of it and all that stuff. And in this one, it was cool that, it, you know, they're all under attack. Right. But each one's seeing something different in the attack, which I thought was cool. Where, you know, the fire bats for Beast yeah. Man, the zombies for on Andra. And, and I, I even liked when, when that whole bit happened. Uh, one of one of the MVPs as well for me of the series was Roboto. Oh, yeah. and I love that when he's going in to fight all of them. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, you're going to need to seek some medical attention for yeah. that. I was just like howling. That was That's good writing. Awesome. Oh, they, they again, like uh, going to him for a second. Um, I I did not care about Roboto as a kid. I had the figure. I sure. knew he was on he the, was the cartoon. But it, he was one of those. He was one of those characters where I just he didn't really grab me like the the human characters. Right. And the reason is because MYP had to prove to me that yep. that is a good character. And right. again, that episode of him doing the Roboto's Gambit episode, one of my absolute favorites of the series, to yeah, be honest, because it made me look at that character in a new way. And what I loved is. That episode actually mirrors Orko on this series because the whole time he's just, oh, you're just a game player, Roboto. Go yeah. go play chess while we're trying to go and solve this problem. And I, I want to help, you know. Right. And, and she, Tila keeps brushing him off until he turns into a freaking tank and yeah. he's taking on all of Triclops' little uh, bone warrior army and all that stuff, the skeleton warriors he created. And and that made me think of him in this, 
Right. So it's like there are some MYP threads you can connect to make it go. That's and 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 the whole thing of him saying, you know, I I'm I'm his son. I'm I'm Duncan's son because I'm yeah, made after like- Duncan. And then he looks at Teal and he calls her sister. And I was like, that's just fun. I, I, I really like, like that element, you know. I like that they went with the man at arms created him mm-hmm. origin instead of the the crash landed from Robotica. I think that was the mm-hmm. right way to go. Um, oh yeah, at him discovering he has a heart, he has fear, he has feelings. He had a great arc in this. Um, mm-hmm. I like how you know you mentioned how Scareglow, you know, he kind of tapped into all their fears, but he also. He also kind of needed consent, too, which I like because, like, Evelyn and Orca was more in, in than Andra, Beastman, and Roboto. They had more kind of, like, general scenarios he trapped them mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. It wasn't really too invasive, and it was more of just kind of like, like, it wasn't just Beastman seeing the fire bats and Andra seeing the skeletons. It was like, oh, no, he's sending, like, scary shit at us. And... Mm-hmm you know, trying to scare us, you know, and he got into Orko's head a little bit with Trala and stuff, but, like, he needed Tila to agree to the bargain before he was actually able to, like, throw her in the hole and dive deep into her mind. And so I liked it, because it's so easy to make Scareglow an overpowered character. Like Mm -hmm. we said, if he goes up to Adam, or He-Man, you know, in that comic, he... Adam's fighting against, uh, I think it was his parents. Same thing. He was worried about his parents finding out and how they would react. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, and we we were like, well, does he see that? Does he not? You know, and and so I liked how it was kind of like, okay, so if you if you try and make a bargain with him, you know, and he he's he's exchanging your fear for whatever you want, kind of crossroads demon esque, you know. Mm-hmm. Then he, then you're granting him access, and then he can dive all the way in, and he can see it, and he can see exactly what you're, you're afraid of, your fears. He's seeing everything. He's controlling it, but otherwise, he's just doing more general stuff to to scare you, give himself a little bit of power. But what he's craving, he needs that bargain. He needs mm-hmm. you to come to him looking for something that he can trade for your fear, and he might end up consuming your soul in the process if you don't make mm-hmm. it out. And I like that. I like I like the rules. I like the limitations. I don't like just, you know, I think I even said during that, it's like if you go too wide with this, that's too big of a power. And But I, I thought it was very well done here where he needs that consent. He needs that deal. He is literally the devil trying to make a deal that's going to swing his way. And with Tila, mm-hmm. it absolutely did not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I noticed with the animation, even in his sequence, I felt like they punched it up just a bit more because they yeah. got to be the first animators to really put him into something. Cause there's these moments when they focus on his face in that, yeah. where it's like, Man, did they really get that look? And they really, they really just gave. And it's like he's not. The thing too is he's not Skeletor, which I like. They very much made him his own look, and you can go, no, that's Scareglow. He, There's he a, that's had, all Scareglow. He had that little line in there though that kind of kind of plays on the old. Is he is he the ghost of yeah. Skeletor or is he? 
you know, serving Skeletor. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll get, we'll get into that on the deep dive, but there's still some ambiguity there. And I think Mm -hmm. that was intentional for the long time fans kind of go like, you know what? Either, either origin could still technically be valid even here. Yeah. So I like that, man, there were so many nods and we'll get into them. Uh, uh, in greater detail on, on deep dive, but there were so many little nods that, again, regardless of the fandom of these people beforehand, they did some research. They mm-hmm. sprinkled some stuff in, whether that was them finding stuff or Ted's influence or Rob's influence I, or whoever, I don't know. But they did their homework, and there was enough for me to go, okay, like, Oh look, there's that. There's this. There's that, and uh, I was enjoying it throughout. And that was a lot of my second watch through was kind of trying to keep more of an eye on the background and and try and pick out stuff I might have missed. So. Yeah. To- yeah. I mean. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, you know, like they delivered a whole bunch of things that. Uh, for me, at least, it, it makes it fun to go this series, whether you love it or hate it, it's still the first time we see Scareglow in action like that. It's the first time we see Hero, which, I, you know, Hero, depending how you view him, I know there were there were a few people out there going, well, that was, he got the two swords and he just clanked them together and he just seemed kind of like, well, what do you do with that? And for yeah. me, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say about him because he wasn't nearly as compelling for me in that episode compared to yeah freaking wonder vicor and the new king grayskull the the revelation king grayskull and all of those characters were so much fun to watch in in tandem that yeah i want to actually here here's um i actually thought of this last night and if they go here i'm going to be mad because i actually I don't want to guess what's about what's going to happen in the, sure. in the back five, but I'll throw this out there and see what you think. Um, so we have Adam kind of, a, you know, he's against the ropes right now with what yeah. happened. And I, I see it as, yes, I see there is going to be, maybe the sorceress can heal him or something like that. But and this is this is additional to what I thought last night, so we'll 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 work with this. Okay, he's maybe teetering on the brink, right? Between he's he I wants to that. stay yeah. there, and and then he's also going back to Paternia, well, and they're telling him he. It, he I know, I know, I know. Okay, but maybe 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 there is something where they can tell something went wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like there there's a, either. Either through Adam, they can sense he's going, and, right. and his, his you know his soul is is about to leave or something like that. And so you're playing up the whole yeah he could die and all that, even though it yeah whatever. Right, but he's not gonna. But yeah, I I keep I keep going to they they are they're the kind of show already that have shown they do something in one episode and then it comes around again. And like oh, yeah. they did the whole thing with, you know, the Havoc staff turning into a spear and mm-hmm. He-Man's fighting against it in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then in the fifth episode, it runs Adam through that kind of stuff. Right. And, and, and that, that like spin with Teela and then it ends up being a spin with Andra and a spin with uh, Adam later right. on and all that stuff. I just got this feeling that 
even though Grayskull said they can't come back, they're dead, and they'll they'll never go back to paradise again. Right. I just keep thinking to myself, they're coming into this. They're it's gonna and and I, I just have it in my head where it's going to be almost similar to the portal scene in Endgame, oh. where you think that all hell, you know, it's all it's all dead and this and that, and then they show up because the power of Grayskull is in the wrong hands, and either Zodak or somebody just goes, okay, we need you. We you got to get in here because our champion is he's he's not able to do it yet. You know, we need to bide time, and they show up because they're like, we have to do this, and it, it's like it's for Flea Man. You know, it's it's like we want it, we want to do this because it's him and we like him. And all that, and I just I had it in my head like I want to kind of see them come back, and I'd love to see them in action where it's not them in this hunt where it's like it's a farce, it's a it's a game. Let's see them be champions again and go full force against Skelegod and see what happens. All right, you're not won over by that. I can already tell you. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've already had we've already had the first five with Adam having you know, giving himself up for the universe and then coming back when he realizes I didn't get the job done. I need Adam get to get the job done. I, I'm not say, well, I'm not, saying, I I'm know, not saying, I'm not saying that he saying won't. I, you know how I feel about my line of He-Man. Okay. It is not my favorite concept. And so for them to come into the present day, and you know, even just buying Adam the time to get better, I or whatever, like I'm, or even just giving him support, I'm still like, I, I'd still preferred not. Yes, that sounds like an awesome scene. I would probably enjoy the hell out of it, but it's if we're talking preference, no thanks. Those guys can stay in Britannia. I think what we need to do, where it needs to go, is we need. We need to get the band back together. All right. There are still so many masters missing. You know, we haven't seen Rayman, Stratos, Manny Faces, Buzz Off, Snout Spout, Mechanek. Like, there's so many guys missing. Find them. All right. We need time. We need an army. Put the call out. The captain's back. And she, she you know, He Man's back. Captain Tila's back. Man-at-Arms is back. We've, we've, you know, have them go to the palace, have them talk to King and Queen, have them put aside their differences, you know, have the full force of the masters of the universe biding time if you need time or just being that army if you need an army. That I would prefer to the warriors of the past. <laughs> you've always complained that we agree too much we yeah, finally we're found not find, that we're not gonna find the middle ground on this one <laughs> we found the one thing where they gave that to me where it's yeah. I, I love the vicor concept and i love wonder enough that at this point i'm very much like i hope that isn't all we saw of them because it would be fun for them to show back up in one way where it's a it's a it's a special they need yeah. to be there. And I, it does. It, it's, again, you know, it's showing 
that, you know, they're heroes in their own right because they gave up their place as well because they know it's a bigger reason. And also, like I said, they loved Adam. You can just tell with how they were with him. So it's that idea of they respect him and it's the we should we should look out for him. And it's I I know it's you're not into the generational thing. And I don't I don't even look at them as He-Man or anything. I look at them as they were just some of the greatest warriors of their generation or of their era or whatever. He-Man is He-Man. That's the way I still see it. I don't see it the way like that's why it's not muddling it for me. So I would love to just see something like that. And there is a part of me that I started going, okay, well, what if Orko is the reason that they come in? And it's like, and I'm like, oh, Christ, then it's Doctor Strange. And then it's, I don't need it to go full endgame, but there is a feeling to me of there's going to be some kind of big reveal where all of a sudden they show up and you're like, Jesus, they got everybody to show up for this because this is what they're up against. This, You know, Skella God of all things. But I no, like, believe me. Yeah, I want to see Ram Man. I want to see Manny Faces. I want to see Fisto. I want to hear Fisto in this. I want yeah. to hear you, Clamp Champ in this. You I know, say, and, Clamp Champ had no speaking lines yet. And, exactly. You know, we haven't seen Eileen yet. You know, Grant. I don't yeah. think she's going to be a huge force, but there are still characters out there, even ones that we know have voice actors that we haven't heard from yet. So mm-hmm. it's coming, folks. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as that. I want to see him too. You know, Hero, Vicor, all them. Give me a Masters of the Universe anthology series. I've been I've been crying for this for years. Make that the follow-up. After Revelation's over, do an anthology series where there's an episode about Hero and his adventures in Fraternia. There's an episode about Vicor fighting the frost giants of the Mystic Mountains. You know, just these little they don't have to be connected. Just like these little snapshots, a day in the life of Mechanic. This is, you know, whatever he did. Or give me a couple parries. Give me a, a Ram Man and a Buzz Off. Like, just have them have a little half-hour adventure. You know, just mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe. just And just highlight all these, a different character every episode. They don't have to lead to anything, nothing. It's just like, here's what happens, you know, when they're fighting a regular evil. Instead of yeah. the the, old, the world ending evil, where you need all the masters, of the you know mm-hmm. the history. Of, do a history of Gray School series where you go through Wondar and Vicor and all them, and just kind of their time with the you know guarding the sword or protecting the land or what or baking bread or whatever they did. You know <laughs> that was that was actually something uh, last night I, I recorded with Castle the first what's the, I I, uh, I did like this they yeah. they were saying there should have been a banquet when they were in Preternia and and picks up and one one yeah. just picks up the loaf of bread and he just walks away and they're like yeah. is that all he's gonna have that's his favorite thing to eat <laughs> oh lord. That would have been good, though. I'm not gonna lie, it would have. You would have gotten a good laugh out of that, at least. It, it doesn't have, like, in the case of him, he's one of those characters where it's like, you know, he wears that on his sleeve a lot. I mean, on the freaking classics figure, he's got the Wonder Bread, like the hint at the logo. Right. So you might as well just lean into that one, no matter what you do. Even but, though, uh, yet again, that was in no way, shape, or form anything remotely related to Wonder Bread. Just I understand. There. I understand. Yet again, I just I gotta clarify. 
Our listeners <laughs> like it when I clarify. I know they do. Or I but like it when I clarify. Either way, somebody's it's, happy. It's it's the urban legend that just went in a whole wrong yeah. direction, but it just stuck. You know, it's it's Absolutely. it's almost like in our in that reality, it's almost like we don't call him Batman. He's flying squirrel. Why? Because we, we just thought he looked like a flying squirrel one day, and it just stuck. And now he's right. flying squirrel, and <laughs> that's all there is to it. <laughs> all right. Well, we have prattled on for a bit here. I think we need to put some cold, hard numbers behind this. So, for this one, we're breaking it down a little bit more because we felt that this was such a big, epic tale that uh, just a a generic overall ranking isn't going to get us there this time. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're going to rank five categories. First up is animation. So, Sean, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rank the animation? Um, I would give it a 9. Uh, and that's not... Uh, the, the reason I can't go 10 is there are definitely a few moments when I watched it just last night. Uh, like when when um, the, the Shadow Beast in Trala comes out. Yeah. And it almost feels like there's a frame or two missing in some of that where it has like a very... <laughs> kind of look. Yeah. And, I, I really hate saying that because, you know, like powerhouse to me is like, they're, they're becoming one of those like amazing places to watch oh, animation from, but, it, but there are just a few little moments here and there where it just, it, it wasn't quite, there was something up. I, I couldn't figure yeah. it out. Uh, the 3d didn't, didn't bother me though. The, the, the scanned, um, vehicles yeah. and stuff that didn't bother me as much as those little herky jerky little moments that I was catching from time to time. See, I, I go a 9 as well, but mine is the 3D. I think that does not mesh as well as I'd like it to. It does look better here than it did in the previews and everything, but there's still just a bit about it that just kind of takes me out for a moment. But a solid 9. Hmm. It's very good animation. Uh, voice actors. Voice actors. Um, like... The Kevin Conroy one still kind of throws me. Um, and, I, and honestly, oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say I got just basing it on, uh, uh, you know, consistency and uh, and obviously their performance. I got I got to go a seven. Uh, there are definitely people who shined. Um, I think, like you said, Chris Wood is one. I thought Sarah Michelle Geller did do a good job uh, pulling some heavy duty there. But then you got the Kevin Conroys, who, while good, was not Merman to me. Um, and honestly, even even Mark Hamill as Skeletor was either hit or miss. Uh, there were times I felt he did really good, and then there were times where I'm like, hey, you really just sound like the Joker there. And that was the most frustrating part. It's like he had a Skeletor voice, but there was still a few lines, uh, whether it be the dialogue or whatever, that were just like, okay, that's Joker. And yeah. Get yeah. specifics on the episode breakdown. But yeah, seven. It was above average, but I did feel that there were little things they could have... I think Mark needed a little more consistency and then little stuff mm-hmm. like, like the sound effects for Kevin. I I mean uh, out of out of the cast I think and I, I feel weird saying this Mark Hamill was 
was a 50-50 for me, like you yeah. said. Um, Kevin Conroy, I still feel he deserved a different character. And and uh, one that, that I, I felt was missing something was Steven Root being Cringer. I was going into this, yeah. I was like, that's perfect. And then when I heard him do it, I'm like, that, he, that doesn't sound like him at all. Like, that he, doesn't, I he thought he would have done Cringer. He, he tried to do too much of a, a character voice. And I think it would have been better for him to do his voice. Yeah, like it, him and, and a little more stuttering when yeah. he talked because that should it, that makes Timmer – yeah. That makes Cringer seem timid, and that's yeah. something that I feel reflects it. But um, but but Tony Todd, that's the thing. Yeah. Tony Todd was perfect well, that's what casting. I'm saying. That's... Griffin Newman. Yep. So I, I got to go 8 out of 10 because, like, freaking go. Liam Liam Cunningham. And, and we haven't even brought her up. Lena Headey. Oh, I mean, my God. She was like one of the best out of the best in this uh, series so far. Oh, yes. She, she, she owned that evil Lynn, and it was a very, I feel, Meg Foster inspired evil Lynn. That's who I kept getting vibes of. So if they do, if they do ever get a live action He Man movie off the ground, I don't think they need to look too far I, for their evil I hope evil they do Lynn. that. Exactly. Um, I, I the other thing really quick is I really didn't like it when Skeletor in episode five called her Lenny. That was That's too Joker. One of the lines Lenny I was Joker. thinking of. Yep. Oh, I, yep. I, I, that, yeah, yeah, good Lenny. It's like Skeletor wouldn't talk like that. No. Like that was one of those that lines. Was, where I'm that like, was Joker all the way. That is one of the ones I was thinking of specifically. Yeah. It'll come yeah. back up. Don't you? Worry. <laughs> uh, all right, soundtrack. Soundtrack. Uh, I mean, it it, it it was really hard to go. How are they going to top how Filmation was? But I really love that transformation music yeah. a lot. And and there there's definitely heroic cues and all that oh, kind of absolutely. stuff. And it, the uh, the music when Orko and Scareglow go head to head is epic. So I I definitely I I'd probably go nine out of ten there. I I, I just. I, I want to hear a little more of it before I can go, but that one's probably the most solid thing out of what we've talked about for ratings to this point. Oh yeah, I'm going straight ten out of ten, Mister Bear McCreary. He did Bear McCreary. <laughs> oh, it was, and I went into it not expecting too much. You know, not that he's not a great composer, or whatever, but it just. Like you said, how, how can much top filmation, but by God, he did. And I'm not saying top filmation. Let me retract that before everyone jumps on me. But he, it, it's it's so unique and it fit perfectly. So it, it equals filmation. Like how that music, you know, I hear that music, that filmation music, and it instantly takes me to the points in the episode that are my favorites. Same thing with Bear's soundtrack. It's like, listening to it on iTunes, I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm picturing the whole scene in my head. You know, it's just like yeah, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, oh yeah, something good's gonna happen. You know, it's it really it he really did his own thing, made it feel like masters, and it was just so memorable. And the the thing for me is like when filmation and and the Shuki Levy or Levi, Mm -hmm. however you say when when he did that, it was like a f- superhero theme. Yeah, and I loved it when I was a kid. I, to this day, if I hear that song, I just get a grin on my face, and it's like, yeah. But 
I going into filmation, I like we we were at an era where yep. the toy commercials were starting to dictate here is what the theme song will be like. When you heard G.I. Joe, you're going to hear the commercial from G.I. Joe because it was the same song. Right. When you hear, you know, Transformers, same thing. And in the case of Masters, it was boom, 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 boom. And when you hear the way that he does the transformation, especially here, I that's probably why I like it so much, too. It yeah. made me think of those kettle drums back in the old days. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like a faster yeah. version of it. And there's no He-Man over it, but it just it has this driving, like an adventure is about to happen, and you exactly. need the most powerful man in the universe to have your back in that, and it works. Yep. I mean, I, every time I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, it, it really is bringing out the kid in me again to hear that. Absolutely, I agree. Hmm. Um, all right, next up we have characters. So characters, yep how they how they were displayed how accurately you felt about them like how how accurately you felt they were portrayed um i gotta go yeah i'll give an eight out of ten um i do think that this first five needed more adam slash he-man um but other than that i felt like everyone else was pretty on point as far as their characters and what they would do like I said, it's it's extreme reactions to these circumstances, but it makes for great drama. So I'm all in. Um, but I felt I felt the characters are accurately portrayed for the most part. Even the ones like Orca, where they changed their backstory drastically, I still felt it was good for the show. So I'm still in. Uh, probably my number one complaint is I, I wish like in like we had speculated upon before. If they'd even just kind of done an Adam B plot where we're getting snippets of what was happening to him in two and three, and then with him showing up at the end of four, I might have been happier. Um, and after all, tens out, maybe I will feel like there's a good balance there overall, but the first five was definitely lacking. And that was on purpose. I mean, let's be honest. It was it was intentionally lacking He-Man. Um. Oh wow, this one's a hard one to just sum up. But I, I, I think, I think I'll go with, I'll go with an eight out of ten because, like you said, there were times where I liked that they had Skeletor figuring it all out because that, yeah. like I said, not, huge nod to two thousand X in that way, and I liked that. And you know, like the way he used magic, well, the sorcery while he was fighting He Man because. What, what's that big fist cut, you know, in the preview? Yeah. When you see, no, that's actually him trying to squash him, basically. Oh, I'm yeah, like, he did the portals cool. with the magnifying and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, like I said, and, for the most part, I felt everybody was on point for their character, you know. They, there was, Skeletor for me is still going to be one of those where I don't like, like, like he has that moment where he's like, what color should we paint the boat? Granite. And I was like, yeah. I don't like that version. I, I would love for him. He had such a yeah. force to be reckoned with feeling in the beginning of the, the first episode, especially with how he just goes right into Grayskull. And then it's like, then you go back to those moments. And I'm like, oh. but he, man, I felt was on point. Adam was great. Sarah Michelle Geller, I thought was, was, was good, but I still feel like maybe they could have gotten like Tara strong to be yeah. her and they could have given her a little more range because 
she has the same voice when she's younger as she does when she's older. And it could have been kind of cool to have like, maybe her voice is a little different later on or something. Right, right. Uh, Man at Arms is badass as usual. Orko won me over. Orko and Roboto were like the MVPs of this for me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they went there says something. So... All right, and the last one up is the storyline. Hmm. You want to go first? Uh, sure. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm going high. I'm going nine out of ten. I really, I've always like, I've always speculated on how the secret comes out. What's the fallout from that? And you know, and I'm. I didn't think we'd see it all at the same time, but what's an Eternia without He-Man or Skeletor? You know, um, those are just kind of some big questions that have been always been out there. So to see them actually answer this stuff, and we got some great character moments along the way. I like where the story's going. I like that they did already succeed. Like the first... The first five, it's about getting the magic back in Eternia before the planet dies, taking the universe with it, and they succeed in that quest. Unfortunately, that leads to a whole nother can of worms when Skeletor gets the power. So I like that they did have, you know, I guess if you look at overall, this was kind of the the B plot of the overarching Skeletor trying to get all the power story. I mean... And like I said, I think a lot more is going to come into focus with the second half. But just the first half on its own, I thought that these five episodes had a good beginning, middle, end. But it's more like Empire. It's like, okay, but we're not in a good place at the end of this. So what happens next? And honestly, it's got me excited. It's got me speculating. Like, what is next? What can we do? Uh, Please don't bring Hero into the present. You know, that kind of thing. So it's... It's good stuff coming, and uh, but I I was entertained throughout. I watched through twice. I'll watch it through many more times. Um, it goes fast too. Like the every time I sit down, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch an episode now. Well, the first time I said I'm gonna watch it all, but then when I was rewatching it, like I was gonna watch an episode now, and I'm watching three. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like I you just keep going. It all just keeps rolling together. So I thought yeah. it was. Well done, well paced, um, and I think the back half is really going to be good. So I, I guess let's see. For me, being who I am, where I want to see the story progress, and we don't just keep having what we always had, right. I have to give it a nine yeah. um, because it really does leave you going. I feel like this is familiar to me, but I don't know where this is headed. Yes, And that's the thing that it's like every time I've watched it to this point, I'm still picking up new things because, again, it's something new. And that's what I love about it. And, uh, you know, like uh, the the fact we're incorporating things that never got to be seen before. That's a huge win for me because Lord knows, you know, like I I'm I'm a big fan of if you can make this stuff incorporate and it works and it really is showing something awesome about these right. characters. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Roboto, Orko, Scareglow, all of the, I was like, I, I love that we got this wealth 
of character in these stories. And I love that Scaragul is actually kind of like a very, mm-hmm. um, he's like a pitiful villain in that way where he's almost begging Tila, please let me, let me know your fear. It's been so long since I've been able to taste fear. And it's like, that's, that's like some wizard of Oz kind of stuff. And that was something else too. Like it really is like Teal is Dorothy. Andra is uh, who did I, I figured them all out the other night. I was like, well, we got the Roboto. He's Tin Man, and we have the Cowardly Lion, Beast Man, and and it's like it doesn't completely match up. But I'm just saying, like Orca <laughs> would be Toto, you know, and all that yeah. stuff. And and it really does have that like Wizard of Oz. She's on this quest to try to get home again, in a sense, too, with how oh, Tila's yeah. story works out here. Um, so in that way, yeah, it's it's. It's compelling, and I mean, I, I I don't think I've heard many people when they saw that ending going, I don't want to see what happens next. Most right. people are like, how could they end it like this? I gotta wait how long now? It's like, yeah, you and the rest of us, pal, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're talking January or February of 2022, so. At least it's not too long versus, you know, like, well, when we years. heard about this originally, yeah. and then we had, oh my god, like, at least it's right around the corner. I mean, my daughter, when we watched it, she turned around. She's like, I need the back at five right now. I'm like, me too. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I really wish that it was right there. I would have had a whole day of He-Man. That would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't disagree. I, I'm ready. Let's finish this. Um, they did post that as of last Friday, they were finishing scoring the 10th episode. So... If it makes you feel better, it's all sitting there in a can somewhere in Netflix headquarters just waiting for January. So, mm. no, that doesn't make me feel better. That makes me feel like we need to come up with an infiltration plan. Yeah, like fanboys. We need to do that movie and break it in Netflix and get to watch it before anybody else does. <laughs> yeah, where your mind's at, Skavarna. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've seen over- that movie more than a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I will watch it again and again. I will wa- I will watch the second half the minute it drops. Hopefully, probably not the minute because it'll be three a.m. again. But <laughs> yeah, I've I've got my nitpicks. I've got my complaints. I've got stuff. I mean, but I've got. 30 years of my own stories in my head and places I want to see the franchise go. But you know what? I'm not in the business. No one's knocking down my door. So that's just my stuff. Um, I can't hold it against them that they're not on the same page as me. But I did enjoy it. I, I honestly did enjoy it. I enjoy it more every time I watch it. I I think it's a worthy successor to be held up there with Mike Young Productions and Filmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I maybe maybe it's just who I am, and I know you and I are very similar in some of this. But it's it, when they when they said this is what we're getting, I never for once ever listened to how they they worded things and said, this is identical to what you said. And I'm not, I'm never going to be the guy to be going up against Kevin Smith saying he lied to me or it's a bait and switch because it was, to me, it was just, just bring this new thing on. 
Right. I don't give a crap what your through line is. I don't give a crap. Right. And honestly, if if I didn't know anything about this series and I just sat down and cold watched it without any other, even previews, mm-hmm. I would have still sat there going, holy crap, they're going to these right. lengths in order to tell a story where I'm literally engrossed in it and I need to see what happens next. Yeah. That for me is more than enough to go, holy crap. And for anybody who's doing the whole... Well, He-Man's not in it. Who the hell cares? It's called Masters of the Universe. It's not called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He's not the marquee name. This is supposed to highlight other characters. And thank God it did because we have a great Orko. We got a great Roboto. Andrew actually adds some fun to the story, which is nice. Man-at-Arms is still there, and he's he's definitely a a, a force to be reckoned with. Adam and He-Man are there. And Tila... She's always been if, one of the main characters. It's just that simple. If anybody's really not there, it's Skeletor. I mean, he's in it less yes. than He-Man and Adam is. So it, Yes. But you don't hear that because mm-hmm. critics weren't told to say that. But uh-huh. on lighter notes, it, it was very enjoyable. Guys, if you enjoyed it as well, let Netflix know. I know the hashtag we want more Motu is trending right now. Um, but the biggest thing you can do, we said on the live show, I'll say it here again. The biggest thing you can do is just watch it. If you enjoyed it, watch it. Rewatch it. You know, that's what it's all going to come down to. Regardless of everything else, the critic scores, the audience scores, the hashtags, it's going to come down to views. Um, mm-hmm. if you, if you were like our buddies and you all got together and watched it as a group, make sure when you go home, you watch it on your own account and you watch it a couple times. You know, if you liked mm-hmm. it, if you didn't like it, you know, I get it. It's not for you. I like some new adventures. Sean doesn't. I mean, there are people out there who still don't like Princess of Power. That's perfectly valid. Um, if you if you watched it, gave it a shot, wasn't for you, so be it. Um, that is what it is. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I will continue to watch it, and I can't wait for the second half of season one. And honestly, I hope we get a season two. I mean, more masters to me is always a good thing. It can only only lead to more fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Agreed, and. Uh, I mean, we're we're actually in an age where we got new cartoons. Right. It's like that was still sinking in Friday morning when I was tuning in to watch it. It was, it's like, my God, I don't know what this cartoon is going to be like. I know MYP. I've already right. sat through Filmation as a kid. Here I get new. And I'm, I'm literally going, I have no idea how all five of these are going to play out. Right. And how cool is that? You know, I mean, geez. <laughs> That's it. We got new media. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that makes me happy. Um, Before Sean wraps it up, I do want to throw out there uh, our good friend Yuka. He still has the pre-orders open for his unofficial guide to the Mike Young Productions, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Check him out. Uh, I'll put the link down in the description below. Um, It's going to be a good book. Full of behind-the-scenes trivia, deleted scenes, weapon foil, and all that stuff. So, if you're still <laughs> interested in a copy, there's still time. 
As of right now, uh, pre-orders are open until July 31st, so you still have a few days. Um, check them out at the link below. All right, Sean. Definitely. It's you, buddy. All right. On today's episode, we learned that Revelation is a revelation. It's awesome as far as both of us are concerned. And uh, how cool is it? Like I said, how cool is it? After 20-some years, almost 20 years, I should say, mm-hmm. we get new media like this and, and done the way it is. So uh, I'll say thank you to Netflix. Thank you to Kevin Smith. Thank you to Mattel. Thank you, Rob David. Thank you, Ted Biaselli. And everyone who worked on it to make it something where I feel it's it's binge-worthy multiple times in yep. just one weekend. That doesn't happen often in my house. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, logpod85 at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to us that way. We have a Twitter account now, by the way, Legends of Grayskull. Uh, out on Twitter, it's uh, if you want to do the at symbol, it's at logpod85, ironically. There you go. Um, so feel free to reach out to. Yes, I, I decided I apparently I'm the Twitter guy out of the two of us. So I decided synergy works well. There we yes. go. But one less thing to say at the end of the episode like that. Uh, <laughs> join, join the Facebook group, Legends of yep. Grace School Podcast. We uh, geek out with everybody there. You can t- touch base with us there. Uh, comments, questions, concerns, geek them as well. And uh, also comment, like, share, subscribe on any of your platforms. YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Podomatic, whatever. Uh, we did get a new review actually recently, and I did not print it out. So I will do it for the next episode where we can actually have the, uh, the review, which was actually very nice and favorable. So Thank you nice. for the new review on ah, <laughs> on iTunes, now that I already cut myself off. And from me, until next time. <laughs> until next time, guys, go watch Re- Revelation. Oh, come on. Oh, Oh!